What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier, y'all gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. What's up, what's up? Welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Man of Mindsets podcast. I am your host, Xavier, sitting here with the wonderful Deanna Kent. As usual, what's good, D? What's up, what's up? Good to be here. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling marvelous, man. I'm glad to be back in the studio. We got another special, special jam-packed episode for y'all, man. Before we get started, I would like you, I would like to advise all of you to please like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, a review, all those things. We greatly appreciate it. We're trying to run those subscribers up like crazy. So please do those things. Once again, if you could subscribe to the channel, like, leave a review, five-star rating, all those things. And before we get started the show, Deanna, she's going to go into our first sponsor. Yes, sir. So you guys already know what time it is. It's time to get fit and get paid with the Lean and Six Body Transformation Challenge brought to you by our guys, Commando Athletics. You know, here at Millionaire Mindsets, we are a firm believer that health is wealth, and this is the perfect opportunity for you to make your health a priority. This six-week challenge comes with easy-to-follow workouts and meal plans so that you'll see results in no time. Minimum equipment is needed for both the home and gym option, and all fitness levels are welcome to enter. And the best part about this challenge is the top five performers will each get $1,000 for having the best six-week transformation. All you got to do is sign up, show up, and show up, and show out. The challenge starts October 11th and ends November 20th, and all will cost you is $79 to enter. You can sign up today at www.commandoathletics.com, and a link is in the description. Once again, like Deanna said, if you want to get started with that, the link is in the description of this podcast. So we're going to get right into the show. In this episode, this is another another dope special episode. I met this guy in Orlando we, at a uh, speaking event. When I got on stage, he was sitting right next to me, so he get to chopping it up. It was out in Orlando. We went out, kicked it that night, had a ball, and we just always kept in touch. I'm like, yeah, we're going to have to bring you on the show eventually. And today is today, and it's my guy, Brandon, a.k.a. Blue Notes. Welcome to the show, bro. We super excited to have you. Man, thank you guys for having me first and foremost. Um, once again, congratulations on, you know, all the success. And I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, like I said, I've been watching the videos, and um, I feel like you guys have a great audience. So I'm really, I'm really ready to give... As much value as I can. Oh yeah, we love that. We love that, man. So I'm ready. I'm ready to get it. You know, get it popping for sure. Let's get it. Let's get it. So let's get right into it. So for the people who may not know who you are, do you just mind just giving a quick background on yourself? Yeah, for sure. So um, my name is Brandon Narain. Um, you know, I I was born in New York City, uh, Queens to be exact. Uh, I was raised by a single mother and grandmother. Um, we actually uh, only we only had a one to two bedroom apartment for most of my most of my childhood, you know, just because of financial reasons. So, um, and unfortunately, to the age of sixteen, I had to share a bedroom with my grandma, um, just because we couldn't afford, you know, to have bigger spaces. 
Um, so me and her became really close, and uh, you know that's one of my biggest why. So you know from well, there on, um, obviously you know I'm, I've been a grandma's boy, a mama's boy, and uh, yeah, I come, I basically come from New York City, and uh, you know just trying to make it out. That's really what it was. Man, I love, I, I, lo- I love yeah. that. Did you go ahead. I see you want to say How something. You okay. So I was gonna ask. So I know you in, um, you're in real estate. So was that like um, your first introduction to business? No, so in all honesty, um, I didn't have any business type of background. Um, I actually struggled all through school um, and all through high school. So really, I had this whole, uh, you know, the vendetta of daddy's not around, right? I was mad at the world mm-hmm. because I didn't have my father in my life. And I just used it as an excuse um, to just be rebellion all the time, right? Not listen to my mom, not listen to teachers, just do what I wanted to do. So um, a lot of the times, you know, I was just basically just getting by, you know, getting C's, D's, and just trying to just make it by. Yeah. So um, at the end of high school, um, I actually ended up getting expelled a semester right before high school, and I wasn't even able to walk on my class, but I did graduate. So I had to walk in um, basically in the, the summer. And um, even then, then thereafter, you know, I started, I became a barber. So I wanted to uh, cut hair so bad, you know, I really wanted to stay fresh mm-hmm. all the time, as y'all can see, you know, I wanted to be fresh. <laughs> fresh so, yeah, so I'm like, you know what, I need to, I need to learn how to cut hair. This is what I want to do. And, of course, you know, you got you to gotta learn, right? So um, before, you know, uh, I actually was able to do that and, you know, start pushing people's hairlines back, um, <laughs> I, I, I basically was... An apprentice, so I had to, you know, sweep up the barber shop, do boy, you know, mm-hmm. do a bunch of things for the barbers. After a year of doing that, I learned how to cut hair, and then um, they finally gave me a chance. So then I started cutting hair, and I got better and better and better. Um, thereafter, I just started looking around, looking at my atmosphere, and I started seeing something which was, I don't know if this is the career that I want to be in because it didn't have benefits, you know. And I saw that there was, you know, other people that were in their forties, fifties, still cutting hair, and I was just looking at, you know the longevity of it. And I'm like, the only way that you can really make good money is owning your own barbershop. Mm. But then also you do got to manage a lot of people and a lot of men. And mm-hmm. it's always a lot of ego going on. Yep. Right? So um, from that point on, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what you know most parents say, go to college, get a degree, get married, die. Right. So I said, all right, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so um, I started going to college and, um, you know, I, I liked it. You know, it was one of those things where uh, I enjoyed doing it. Um, and, uh, I also wanted to be a nurse, so I applied to basically volunteer at a hospital. I uh, was doing that for a couple months. So now I'm basically going to school, working weekends as a barber, and I'm working as a patient transporter um, throughout the week as well. So I'm, I'm basically juggling all these three things. Yeah. Mm. So I never had no no business background before I got okay. into real estate. Okay. I, well, the reason I like that is because a lot of times people believe if you're not the best uh, student, it's like kind of your life is not going to go down the best path. Because mm-hmm. I graduated from summer school, too. I couldn't walk on my class. And it was, you know what I'm saying? You get people telling you, like, oh, man, you're going to have to pretty much settle for bullshit jobs for real, that kind of exactly. thing. So yep. to see other people with similar situations and have success in life, I love to see stuff like that. Because that's inspiration for people that, because you kind of second guess yourself when you were like a real bad student. You'd be like, damn, oh, yeah. am I going to have to yeah. work these BS jobs and that kind of thing. Well, you, you fall into the subconscious mind. Exactly. Like, you know, that good brand and that bad brand. And it's like, you, you do start looking around, you know, people going to this big state university yep. and this, you know, this person being, you know, taken out, out of state or whatever, or people getting, you know, internships and you like, damn, I'm about to go home with my mom and my grandma. Right. You know, like, what do I do now? So then, you know, for me, I was just embracing it. Like, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, it's cool. 
But then you start to notice that, you know, high school is just high school, right? right? It's not <laughs> that and then after that, you don't talk to a lot of the friends that you have. So, you know, um, by that point, it was just one of those things where at that point in time, I really had to try to figure out what I had to do. And that's when I kind of made that pivot. So after I, you know, basically it took me five years to get my associates, which is a two-year degree. So for five years, I was struggling just trying to get through that. And once I finally got through it, I was already working at the hospital for about maybe three or four years at Mm -hmm. that time. And uh, once again, I just had another like epiphany. I was looking at what the nurses were doing and I was like, Brandon, this isn't your purpose. And um, I just didn't go back. You know, I didn't I didn't pursue my bachelor degree. So <laughs> um, at that point in time, I was getting a little bit, a little bit more in tune with my dad, talking to him. I met him when I was 16. So he he's he does real estate. So okay, okay, okay. he was always putting the bug in my ear, putting the bug in my ear. And, uh, you know, I got a confession. The confession is I really wanted to do it just to prove to him that I could do something that he's doing and better. Wow. For so you still had like, life. That, like that yeah. grudge. So, yeah, I had that, I had that grudge. Like, you know what, this guy keeps telling me, and you know, everybody always says, Hey, you wanna get in a you know, you wanna make money, try mm-hmm. real estate, get in real estate, get in real estate. So I said, Man, let me let me really try this out and see, right? So became a realtor. Uh it's like the first thing that I passed with flying colors, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and then after that, um, was a realtor. I was still working these jobs, you know, going um after the hospital, my scrubs, changing, putting on suits, and uh Basically, I couldn't sell not one house. So back to square one again. Um, and that's when I came across, obviously, what we do now. So, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I really don't believe that you have to have any type of sales experience. And I actually tell people that you, don't, you shouldn't. Um, I feel like the reason why I'm good at it is because I, I really try to help people. Um, I try to create win-win situations mm-hmm. when it comes down to real estate. Mm, okay. I love that. And you really, I mean, you had a journey so far. But something I did want you to do is backpedal a little bit. Because when you said when you got started as a barber, you had to spend an entire year working as an apprentice. Oh, yeah. And you dedicated yourself to doing pretty much all the work that nobody else wanted to do to learn a craft. And a lot mm-hmm. of people struggle with doing that because yeah. they want to jump into it and be the best mm-hmm. by tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, for, for you, sure. like, how did, like, what was the motivation behind that? How did you stick with that until you finally got to that point where they put you on? Yeah. So, you know, my mentality was always that why, right? We talk about that why, but that why for me is W-H-Y. What hurts you? And what was hurting me at that point in time is literally coming home as a grown man and not being able to give my mom and grandma anything, you know, because of financial situation. So that was a huge battery in my back for me to just want to do more. Um, another thing was just understanding that, you know, you got to go through the ranks. I mean, there's, I, for me, I feel like experience really builds wisdom and you can't really triumph wisdom. wisdom. Like wisdom is just really important and experience is important. And I just knew that. You know, I just had to put in the work. You know, I couldn't just, uh, you know, just basically just skip everybody. And I think that's the same thing I did with real estate. When I first got started in real estate, um, I was out there putting out bandit signs at 2 in the morning and, you know, in bad neighborhoods, me and my girl. And, I mean, I was like, you know, people are asking me, what are you doing, Brandon? Why are you out? And I'm like, this is just what I have to do right now, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's what I tell people all the time. The worse the, worse the story, the better the legacy. So now I'm, I'm here to be able to, you know, to be able to tell Talk other people about it. About it. Yeah, yeah, so I love it. I, I, I mean, I wish it would have been worse. <laughs> I wish it would have been worse. So how long did it take you to get that uh, that first like wholesale deal? So yeah, my first wholesale deal, um, it took me honestly about thirty days. But I was working mm, with somebody. Quick. Yeah, I was working with somebody before that, and like I said, working at the hospital really helped me. Um, 
I guess you can say, find out what what's people's what are their problems, right? Like what's hurting them. Um, really, kind of be able to dissect, you know. I guess you can say so problems and give them a solution. So when I come to somebody and I'm talking about their home, I'm really talking about what I can do to help them versus the actual property. Right, right, right. Yeah, whatever the financial situation is. So um, for me, it was it was about 30 days. Um, but I mean, if you really take action and you you know you you have an actionable plan. Um, you know, you, you can really get it done. And, and that's what I love to talk, you know, talk about that right now there's people in your city looking for you to bring them distressed properties and they're going to pay you cash for it. Mm, that's facts. So what do you think about, what do you think about this? Cause, um, wholesaling over the past, I would say five years has become like extremely popular. It's, exactly. super, it's super popular everywhere. Everybody wants to do it. Yeah. Everybody's trying to do it. You know, it's yeah. a lot of people that's doing it. So for the person that's listening to this that may be thinking about doing it or discouraged, anything like that, do you think, is there a such thing as, like, oversaturation with wholesaling? Um, I mean, if I can show you HUDs and bank statements, I would say no. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where, and I think you touched on the great point, which is um, a lot of people are trying to do it. Right. You know, and, and I think that wholesaling is sexy right now. It Crypto is. is sexy right now. Yep. Uh, Turo... Yep. Airbnb arbitrage is sexy right now. So, with that being said, a lot of people jump from from thing to thing to thing, um, you know. But the the real thing is, are you actually doing it? Are you trying to do it? Do you have the actual uh, steps in place? And are you trying to actually get a you know get a deal? So, you know, there's people right now that say, hey, you you know, it's hard to get deals in Cali or hard to get deals in in Texas or wherever the case may be. Right. And I can show you. Uh, people that are actually doing deals, hitting six, seven, you know, six figure uh, months, seven figure years in that particular market. So to answer your question, I would say no. Mm. Are you doing deals in uh, Florida? Or are you doing deals everywhere? So right now it's only Florida. Okay. Um, before the pandemic, we were doing them um, basically Detroit, Ohio, um, and Florida. But mm-hmm. obviously because of the pandemic, we moved to just that Florida. A lot. Yeah. So you know, um, but this is what I tell people all the time. You know, there's always going to be death, disaster, um, and divorce. And with that being said, the market really doesn't matter because there's always going to be some type of situation going on with it, with with us humans that you know they're going to need some type of help. And if you're there to help them, you can make you can obviously make money okay. on the value you provide. Wow! So like on average now, like how many like how many deals are like you doing like on a monthly basis? Um. So I used to keep track of it that way. I want to say between five to seven, but yeah, now that's a good yeah, but now I really I really track it just by gross revenue, right? Because some people might say, hey, man, I'm doing 10 deals a month. But if you're doing, you know, let's just say your average spread is $2,000, right? Well, <laughs> so, but now let's just say in Florida, our average wholesale spread is about $18,000. So if we're able to do a couple, you know, four to five. So you do about four or five of them a month. Yeah. So that's what our average is. You know, sometimes we'll have $5,000 um, $5, wholesale spreads. Um, we hit for our biggest one this year at 70000 Damn. Yeah, that one. That one was pretty amazing. I'm not <laughs> pretty I see the smile on your face when you said it. You did. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Um, you know, really grateful for that opportunity. Um, but this is one of those things as entrepreneurs, you just you just want more. Mm. But like this, this was interesting to me because I know as a wholesaler, like everything comes down to like systems, and I know mm. it could be mm-hmm. real. Like it could be ups and downs with it. You could have a good run, then it could slow down. So from your for, for how long? How many years has it been? Four. It's been four years. So, four from years. your experience, like, how can someone maintain that consistency? Consistency with revenue, where it continues mm-hmm. to be those fifty k, a hundred k months. Yeah. So, I would say high quality leads and high quality people. 
Mm. Real estate is a people's business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first thing that you want to do is have proof of concept, right? Know that it works. So I always tell my students, hey, you got to go out there and put in the work. Call these people, do the work so that once once you find out that this does work and it works for you because it's all in your head, right? Then you can go out and now start delegating these tasks to people, right? To other people that can do what they do. I like to reference this as like um, the Bulls in the 90s, right? You just need to be Phil Jackson, right? You you need to find the best shooter, right, or score mm. in Michael Jordan. Yep. You need to find the best rebounder yep. in Scottie Pippen. Yep. You don't have to be the best at everything. You just need to find people that do that just a little bit better than you. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then once you really understand the whole process of wholesaling, what you understand is that you're looking for possible motivation. So it is a numbers game. Right. And the more marketing you do, the more people you're going to talk to, the more people you talk to, the more, obviously, uh, mm. offers you're going to make. Then the more contracts, the more deals close. Mm, I like that, and I like the fact. I really like the fact that you said you focus on revenue instead of having deals close. Because at first, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, okay, I see what you're saying. I'm like, when you really broke it down, I'm like, that makes sense because you mm-hmm. can't have somebody doing five, ten deals a month. They yeah. get a thousand dollars per deal, and it may sound like a whole lot, but exactly, it, may, yeah. it, it, it definitely makes sense. I see Dion. I see you itching to say something. <laughs> Go ahead. So something you uh you said not too long ago, you said, you know, us entrepreneurs, we always want more. And that stood out to me because we do always want more, but there's a difference between wanting more and being able to handle more. Mm. So can you break that down for us? Like for the entrepreneur out there who, you know, how it goes, we want it all, but it's yep. like, can you actually handle it? So I, I'm going to answer your question with saying our timing and God's timing is different. Mm-hmm. If I would have had success... Um, you know, when I was going through that that trial and tribulation of, you know, those jobs, I would have blew all the money. My mindset just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, to really break that that threshold is is really mindset. I remember, you know, somebody all the time, actually, people still do this, right? What do you do for a living, Xavier, right? And at that time, it was, oh, I do this, 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 and this, right? Now, when people ask me that, I don't say what I do, you know, what I do for a living. I say, what do I do while I'm living? Mm-hmm. Because I'm enjoying life now. See what I'm saying? So (laughs) it was one of those things where at the end of the day, my mindset was just different. And I just noticed that when you find out what your purpose is, the time just goes by so quick. I'm like, man, can I just get more hours? When you're doing something that's not aligned with your purpose, it's just you always looking at the the clock. So really, it it just I feel like it comes with impact. And and it also just comes with being poised. Mm -hmm. Um, This is actually something that I was really debating about talking um, about today. But I really do want to talk about it is that I have a therapist that I go to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as entrepreneurs and just people in general, um, we need to have therapy. You know, we are emotional people. And uh, a lot of the times, um, emotion is is hard to hold in, especially with entrepreneurship coming from where we come from. There's not a handbook that tells you how to not fumble the bag. There's not a handbook that tells you how to get the bag, you know? Um, So it's one of those things when it comes down to, to answer your question, you know, how do you actually, I guess, uh, stay poised and and how do you actually, you know, there's a difference between handling and wanting. I think it's just one of those things where you just got to keep the 1%. Every single Mm -hmm. day, just keep going a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And you'll start noticing what you can and can't do. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, you know, you scale back a little bit and then you push a little bit harder, mm-hmm. you know. But I think it's just one of those daily things that you just got to give the 1% every single day. I Man, like I love that. it. I agree 100%. And I got one more question for you real quick. Yeah. Because I see another big debate online is people say money can buy you happiness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a lot of different perspectives on that. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to hear, like, your perspective. Like, what do you think about that? And do you think your happiness is connected to your success and, like, the material things? Or mm-hmm. do you think it's much more than that? Yeah, so I would agree. Um, I don't feel like money does buy happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I first got uh, into entrepreneurship, that's that was my goal. My my first initial goal was help my mom, my grandma. After that, once I found the plug, right, wholesaling <laughs> real estate, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not telling nobody about this, right? I'm just gonna start making money, 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 and then it's just one of those things where God just put it in my. It's like I felt like I just had to throw up and start talking about it to everybody, and um, you know. Then I started figuring out that, you know, health is wealth. Mm -hmm. Started figuring out that, you know, relationships are going to fall out and you can't buy people. You can't just buy somebody something and say, hey, are we good now? Um, But what I will say about money is that it does give me the three W's, which is I'm able to do what I want with who I want whenever I want. And Mm -hmm. now I really have focused into instead of saying financially free is time freedom. Right, because I, I love to be time free. I, I love to be right now here with you guys and still know that I'm able to make money passively or through whatever it is without being, you know, restrained to obviously, you know, a job or whatever the case may be. So I would I would say that money doesn't buy um, happiness, but it is a tool that you can use um, that is going to help you get, you know, basically get by. You know, to basically mm-hmm. put it in a better perspective. I'd rather be sad in, in a in a Lamborghini than sad, you know, in in, in I don't know, whatever. <laughs> right, I, you know what I'm so, um, but at the end of the day, it's just one of those things where it's not always about the money, but it's about the time, you know, mm-hmm. being able to do what you want to do. Mm, I love it, man. I want to go back for a second because we t- you touched on this for a second. You talked about delegation and how important it is, like, within real estate. But I want to ask you this when it comes to real estate, your business, and just as an entrepreneur in general, because I think this can help a lot of people. So how can someone, like, learn and know how to delegate things to things when they come when they come to different um, industries on the entry level? Like, how can they learn these things? Is it like a trial and error, or is it something yeah. they can skip to so, figure it out? So the first thing that I figured out is that in hosting, I needed a CRM, which is a customer relationship manager. It's basically a database to where it holds all of your leads. If you're talking to 100 people a day, how can I really remember, you know, Dion and Xavier and that they live in XYZ and they have this and this type of dog? So, you you know, for me, it was a CRM because at the end of the day, it's a people's business. I need to be able to connect with you, right? I always tell my students that BLT, believe, like, and trust. If you get somebody to believe, like, and trust you, even when it comes down to just uh, Louis Vuitton or Chick-fil-A, you're always going to buy, right? Because you believe in their product, you like their product, and you trust their product. So it's the same thing with us humans, right? So um, I would say the first step would be a CRM system, and it, it is with trial and error, right? You, you basically have to connect things and see how you can, how do you buy more time and how do you um, basically delegate more time either through tech or through other people so that you can be able to work outside of the business, not in the business. Mm. I want to ask you on that note, um, being people-oriented, because I think a lot of people right now struggle with that, or they think they struggle with that, oh, I'm not a people person, I don't really like people, but being people-oriented is super important in business, and especially in real estate, so how do you build those skills to be able to really connect with people and build trust? 
Yeah, so, I mean, the first thing is, just like anything else, you know, Michael Jordan wasn't able to shoot free throws with his eyes closed because he didn't try. I mean, mm-hmm. shoot or shoot, and you just shoot to win, right? So the first first thing I would say is that you just got to talk to people. I remember when I was calling people, co-calling people, um, sometimes I didn't know what to say, and I'd get stuck, and uh, I'd hang up on them. And I'd call them back and say, oh, I'm sorry, I think you got disconnected, right? Um, and at that point in time, what I noticed is that, hey, they don't really know where I live. They don't know who I am. I can make mistakes, right? I mean, I'm human. And I started just really building, you know, how to talk to people. And even here right now, I mean, when I first started, you know, getting interviewed in podcasts, I mean, I was nervous all the time, <laughs> right, you right. know, even before I did public speak, I was really nervous, Um and it's just one of those things where you just do it. You do it. Um, and, and once again, it's it's like you have to have that real why, that what mm-hmm. hurts you. Because if you really understand, you know, what you're doing and what your purpose is behind something, you know, you're willing to do anything, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes down to uh, make, making sure that, you know, you're successful. I agree 100%. Cold calling, like, that ain't no joke. Because I remember oh, when we used to cold call, like, he used to beg me <laughs> to do it. And I could not mentally get over the fear of being on the phone with a stranger and trying to pitch them something. Like, that yeah. was a big hurdle for me. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. It's like pitching, like, doing yeah. that. I, ha- I have a real, br- I guess you could say, brutal way of telling people, like, how to how to get over that. But I, I my students ask me this all the time, Brandon, how did you get in the f- you know over the fear of cold calling? And I said, man, I was just tired of being broke. Mm-hmm. You know, and I also looked at it like this. What will what will happen if I don't make the call, right? Somebody else will. Somebody else will. But now I'm going to be in the kitchen eating something that I don't really want to eat, right? Or now <laughs> when my friends, you know, hit me up and I can't go there because I don't have the, you know, the financial uh, status to do that. Or, you know, if I want to go and take my mom out or my grandma out to dinner, I don't have it just because I didn't want to make a phone call, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, s- strangers pay the bills, man. Mm. Mm. I want to talk about um, like you relocating for a second because I know you're from New York, but now you in Orlando. How many? How long you been in Orlando? I've been in Orlando for about like 14, 15 years. Oh, you been there for a minute. I've okay, been there okay. for a while. Yeah. Okay. I I know if you relocated there like a couple yeah. years ago. Nah, yeah, it's been okay. a while. It's okay. been a while. So yeah, basically I moved. Like my mom just okay, okay. decided to pick up and go. Okay, because I the reason I brought that up because I was gonna ask you like what was the thought process behind that because we talked about just on the last episode we talked about how. Is 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 probably best for a lot of people to pick up their bags and leave that home city, that Ooh. hometown that they in. Yeah, I actually I do feel like that is um, something that people should do. Um, your your mind is really like a safe haven. Yep. You have to really, really, um, you know, be real crucial about who you spend your time with, who you let you know influence you and not influence mm-hmm. you. And um, I, I do feel as if you know. You know, if you're hanging around four millionaires, you know, you're you're bound to be the fifth, fifth one. one. Yep. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, people will instill their fear in you, right? So, for example, hey, I want to start this new business, blase, blase, blase. Your friends and family might say, hey, you know what? Um, I've seen people try that. I've seen people do that, and they didn't go their way. In all reality, it's just a fear that they have that they don't know. Um, and, and they're waiting for you, right, to obviously break through that so you can show them, right? I always tell people, hey, go right now through your phone and look at your favorites. You got, you know, you got right now people depending on you to make it, mm-hmm. you know? So you have your mom, your dad, your cousin, somebody right now is depending on you to make it. And sometimes you can't have that negative energy um, because even though you might not think it, it affects you, it could. Mm. I think that's a, man, you just touched on something really important. I think this is important for a lot of people that may be the, that breadwinner to be mindful of the things that they're doing out here. Because like you said, when you looked at as that one to help people, 
you don't have the um you don't have the 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 what's the word I'm looking for? You don't got the the space to make mistakes like that. Uh-huh. Like your like your your um mistakes is really the amount of mistakes you can make is really really low because one mistake on your part it could ruin not only you but the people that's dependent on you, like um, on yeah. Nas' new album, he got a song. He said, and I, I love this bar. He said, he said, "Bread the uh, bread winner take a L, leave the whole family hurting." And I'm man. like, man, that's real because that's. And it, I think I think a lot of young people need to hear this. So let's see if you li- if you listen to this right now. You're young. You might be in your 20s and you winning, but you got a lot of people dependent on you. You got to be mindful of the things that you're doing out here because all it all it really takes is one mistake. Yeah. 100%. I, w- I would definitely agree with that. And it's just one of those things, once again, going back to time. I mean, if you do something wrong, mm-hmm. you're going to go to jail, right? And yep. what do they take? Your time. Yep. You know, so it's just one of those things where you got to be real mindful with the people you spend your time in with and the people that you actually talk to and converse with on a day to day basis. Um, you know, me just being around high level people, not even high level, high energy people. I just get vibrant, and I just want to keep going and going and going. You know, when 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 you're around people that are just stuck in the motion, they're drifters. You know, I went the devil. That's a good book if you want to read it. Yep. Um. You know, you're just you're kind of caught in the motion, and you just want to do what they do. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely recommend that you know people should go out there and connect with high vibrant um, people or mm-hmm. high level people on an energy on an energy base. On the sure. energy base, and that's mm-hmm. a conversation that I, I don't think that happens a lot. Like people will say, get around. People that's doing successful things, but you said get around people that's high energy. Yeah, no, for sure, because you know, being broke is not a monetary value; it's a mindset. You know what I'm saying? Um, Being poor is the same thing. Passing over opportunities repeatedly. The most expensive thing in life is a missed opportunity, because Mm -hmm. once it's came, it could be gone forever. So you know, you you have to basically understand that your time is very important. I mean, I I even tell this to my family, like. Right now, they were literally like, oh, hey, you know, we have a soccer game for your nephew. And I'm like, oh, I'm not in town. They're like, oh, you're going to miss his first game? I said, unfortunately, I'm sorry. But what they don't understand is that every single day I'm trying to make it to where it's my birthday. I don't want to be able to feast just on November. I want to be able to feast with my family every day. I want it to be Christmas every day. So if that's the case, I got to grind like it is so that I can be able to do those things. Mm -hmm. You know, and once again, being that that breadwinner or being that visionary, you, sometimes you got to take those sacrifices to to be able to push for for the for the for the whole boat. You know what I'm saying for everybody. Mm-hmm, you definitely do. And something I want you I want to ask you is: Have you ever experienced or struggled with imposter syndrome? Because I know like a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they didn't come from much, and now they get to this space where it's like everything done fell in place, and mm-hmm. it's like you're doing so well for yourself, but it's a piece of you mentally that starts to hold you back, and that's imposter syndrome. Yeah, so you know what's funny is that I, I want to say that I was feeling a little bit of that, but I did go to an event to where Tony Robbins was speaking, mm-hmm. and he really kind of broke it down, and he was just saying, these are just fears that you have. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, the entrepreneur just said it's stressed out. You're stressed out, but really stress is just a fear of something that you might not be able to do. He's, he was telling basically that fear is something, is a thought in the future of you failing. It hasn't even happened. That's true. So what are you stressed out about? And then he was pointing the fact is like what's meant for you is meant for you. You know, you have to. You have to be in your own lane. You have to run your own race. And mm-hmm. in my head, I was like, man, that makes so much sense. And that's why my, you know, one of my taglines is sponsored by God, because at the end of the day, it's just one of those things where as long as you have that vision, that clear path, and you know what you're supposed to do, 
it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to ha- I talk to entrepreneurs all day and you know and sometimes we're like, man, we're, I mean, it's just so crazy how many W's you make. We we take a lot of L's. Yep. More L's than what we show, but at the end of the day, sometimes we're like, man, I just got another business opportunity, another one, another one. And I think it's just having a, a clear path and being around the right people. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I, I felt like I had imposter syndrome. Like, you know, when I heard about it, I'm like, mm, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I didn't fuck with that. And then after that, I, you know, going and listening to Tony Robbins, I was like, yeah, he's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't, you know, it's it's just in your head. Yep. That's real. Man, that, I, I love that, man. I want to ask you, um, since you're in the industry that's like high cash flowing, like mm-hmm. a lot of money could be going in and out of the time, like, what are some of the things you do? Because as we know, if you don't do anything with that money, especially when you get a lump sum, you're just going to end up blowing it. Especially, oh, with, you know what I'm saying? So what are some of the things you do, strategies you have to not only make that money, but maintain it? Because we all know that's the most important part, being yeah. able to keep it. Yeah. So the biggest deterrent to, to making money, especially fast money, going from nothing to making money, um, is lifestyle. A lot of people don't know how to live within their lifestyle or uh, below their lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? Once you start making money, you know, you might be a six-figure earner trying to look like a seven-figure earner, yep. right? So, you know, now you're trying to buy X, Y, Z to impress people that really don't care about you. Yep. Um, and what I tell people all the time, like, this is about uh, impact and not popularity, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, uh, you might be 50, 60 years old. Nobody's going to care about your Instagram likes, right? So when it comes down to that piece of it, um, I, in the beginning, I did struggle with uh, investing. And the reason why is because I was I never had money. So now I'm like, wow, I have all this money. I have an emotional attachment to it. Right. But I started to look at things from an investment standpoint and not an expense, Right. Um, so now when I'm buying something, I'm looking at it like, okay, this is going to be an investment that's going to return some money versus like, oh, I got to buy this. You know, it's going to cost me money to do this. So once you kind of look at it and you say, you know, the glass is half, you know, half full versus half empty, um, you know, you can really dial in on that. And basically what I started doing is doing some crypto. Um, I opened up a couple more businesses. So I own an app. Um, I own a CRM. And um, oh, what, I, what I was basically doing is taking my earned income and turning it into passive income. Turning it into passive income. That's the key right there. Yeah, that's, no, that's a real big key. Because yeah. another, another thing is wholesaling is great, and you're going to make a lot of money. I love wholesaling over flipping properties, and I love it over um, just even traditional just like rental properties. Because it's, it's faster, it's higher paying, uh, but the issue is that you're still hustling. You're still hustling. It's yep. a high-paying job. Yep. So once you do figure out that you can delegate and, and have other people, you know, run the business for you, you still got to find other ways to invest so that you can make passive income. And one of those ways could be, you know, obviously rentals, but, you know, the cash flow might be, you know, too, too little for you. When you're making ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 off one deal and you invest in a property that's not going to make you, you know, 500 bucks a month, you're like, I need to find something faster. What's the velocity on this? So mm-hmm. um, I think just finding places that you can park your money that's going to give you a good return and just really going with the supply and demand. I tell people all the time that you just, you just got to be the biggest fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Biggest fish in a small pond. You mentioned that you, um, you, know, you have your hands in multiple businesses. And I think at a certain point, you know, most entrepreneurs do want to venture out into different things. But, you know, I think it does take a lot of time to actually build that first business. So for you, when did you know it was the right time to start venturing out and putting your attention elsewhere? 
So um, basically, once you start finding yourself being comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, um, last year, I remember um, I told I told my girl, I said, you know what? We're not even going to furnish the house. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, like people going to come over. And I said, I don't want to be comfortable. I said, when you get comfortable, you start losing your pivot. And then that's when life should start to go by. And you're not really, you know, you're just losing out on business. So mm-hmm. I, I, for me, it was more so when I'm trying to figure out what to do in my business, right? Mm-hmm. When you're not doing much in your day-to-day business, you need to find something else to do or other ways to make money. Mm-hmm. So um, if you feel like you're getting a little stagnant or comfortable, and I'm not saying you're making less money, but if you're getting a little bit too comfortable with what you're doing in your day-to-day um, you know, a business, I would say start looking for somewhere, a new thing to get you going. Make sure, obviously, you have that delegated, but find something else to you know, keep you going. Because entrepreneurs, we just always want more. Like. Yep. I don't understand it, but it's just one of those things where I remember when I'm like, yo, I just want to make $5,000 a month. Then it was like, I just want to make 10. Then it was 20. Then it was 50. Then it was 100. You know, and now it's like, I want to have 100 every month, right? And at the end of the day, it's like, when is it going to stop? It's not. And it's not. That's the good thing about it, but it's also the bad thing <laughs> about it, right? It could be, I, I think it's like a gift and a curse. Exactly. I think it's a gift because you you can, you bless with so much when it comes to time. You're available to do things for yourself, for your loved ones, you know, stuff like that. And things like that is like, you can't measure that. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? To be able to spend unlimited time and doing whatever oh, you want, Mm-mm. that's the gift. But the bad part is, I think, missing out on so many things. Not and sometimes not spending as much time because you dedicated to what you're doing. Yeah. Like you said, it don't stop because I think I, people think it's really about money. In my opinion, it's really not. I think it's really about like entrepreneurs at the end of the day have a competitive spirit and they have a spirit of want to be the absolute best. Exactly. And when you when you when uh, when you bless with that thing, like I said, it's a gift and a curse. It never ends. Never. It's always going to be like you can make a million a month. Now you're going to watch. You hit a million a month, you're going to be like. I got to do two of them. I got to do it's two never, for sure. It never ends, but I don't really think it's about money. It's that competitive spirit and really trying to push yourself to see how far can I really take this. Yeah. And I'm going to keep going. So that's what I, like, in my opinion, I think that's what it's really about. I just want it to be a good read when I when I go. You know, I want somebody to be able to look at my life, read my life, read my book, and say, this was a good book. That's what it is. You know, mm-hmm. so... Um, and yeah, I think it's one of those things that if you just competitive uh, yeah, with yeah. yourself, you know, me yeah, versus me, yourself, yeah. and uh, you just doing what you can do, uh, it's gonna pay dividends for sure. Mm-hmm. And then it's always that. Well, I know me. I'm gonna speak for myself. I have, I'm the type of person only need a little inkling of something that's like, and then it even got to be that big. It could yeah. be I could see somebody say something slick. It might not even be that bad, but I'm gonna take it that way. Yeah, it'd be like, oh, okay, so now I'm about to do this now. Exactly, I'm about to take it to a whole nother level yeah. now. So I'm always, I'm always looking for reasonings. Yeah, to go to the next level, like especially at the point when you start getting comfortable, because we all get they start getting comfortable. Now I'm looking for more reasons to be like. Somebody say some hating shit or somebody oh, yeah. uh, to doubt me or something. I'm looking for reasons. To yeah. be like, all right, now it's, it's going to a whole other level. No, nah, 100%. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that that's really what propelled me into real estate. Like I said, it was the vendetta with my, with my dad. And that really fueled me. Yeah. And then, like, when I started becoming successful and I really didn't care about that, you know, we just became cooler. I'm like, man, I need to find some more motivation. I need somebody to start, like, you know, throwing exactly. some shade on me because <laughs> I need to start to go harder. Right. No, facts. That's real. I, I I feel it. So if you if you don't mind sharing, because we always ask people stuff like this. When it comes to wholesaling, what was your biggest month? Uh, our biggest month was a hundred and fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, a hundred and fourteen thousand um, dollars. And it was that was 
that was insane, man. I mean, the seventy thousand dollar deal was insane. Um, but yeah, one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars our biggest month, and when that happened, um, I don't know. It just felt like I need to do two fifty a month. See? <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Uh, we haven't hit the two fifty a month, but. You know, it's just one of those things, man, where it just doesn't stop. But I, I, I love it, right? So mm-hmm. it, it is what it is, and you know, you're always going to be striving to be um, the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So, and, and also, in your opinion, what do you think when it comes to wholesaling and people not being able to get deals, not being able to make money? What are those mistakes that the biggest mistakes they are making from all the things you've seen from since you've been doing this? Yeah, so the biggest mistakes is that they don't truly understand um, the process of wholesaling. So I, I like to tell people, map out what you're going to do, right? What is the first step? What is the second step? Like, And also, what is wholesaling? You know, some people don't understand it well. You know, they say, oh, okay, yeah, it's middleman and properties and, you know, flipping contracts. But really dialing on the process. The second thing is just taking action, man. I mean, I know it's really cliche, but people just don't take action. They want to, you know... Work pays, and if you're not putting in the work, you're not going to get paid, you know? Um, so I think that people really, really battle with themselves, with that subconscious mind, and you should never negotiate with your subconscious mind. No. Um, you, you literally, if you feel like you should do something, you should do it. And um, people just either, they, they want to learn on themselves. Um, and I tell people all the time, listen, the reason why it's free information is because they left something out. Like, it's mm-hmm. free for a reason. Right. And that's why I pay for mentorship. That's why I go to these events to pay for for trainings and education, because from there, you're going to learn everything that they messed up on. Mm -hmm. So I would say the biggest thing is people don't take action and people don't stay in the game long enough to see a return on investment. Yep. That's, that's usually true. how it go with most things. With most, yeah, yeah, I mean, even with crypto stocks, whatever the case podcasting. may be, podcasting, you're not staying. I mean, everybody want to have some abs, but you mm-hmm. ain't, you know, you ain't staying uh, in the gym doing what you got to do, and you're not doing it daily. Yep, that's definitely true. Because we've been at this like three years now. Mm-hmm. That's a long time to constantly every single week showing up and doing what you got to do. Yeah, like, no, nah, it's my best to cut <laughs> you off. Like, at this point, and I don't really even like getting into like. You know, our podcast and numbers like that, but I'm gonna do it just to make a point. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we started off, we we had this conversation. Like, we started our show off the first time we like got uh, uh, brand sponsors and stuff like that. What was it? It was $200 an episode, right? Oh, when we, yeah, I thought you meant like the anchor. No, 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 but no, 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 no. yeah. So it was like $200, it was $200 an episode to come and have your stuff sponsored on the show, mm-hmm. and that was like. Man, this is dope. This is starting point. Then it hit with like five hundred a month, mm-hmm. like seven hundred a month, and that was still like, wow, seven hundred a month. Then it was like twelve hundred a month, and the show kept going and going. We've been doing this for almost three years now. Now today, we charge sixteen thousand a quarter. That's Man, for one. God is good. God is good. Yeah, listen, yesterday's <laughs> price ain't today's <laughs> price. <laughs> but I'm no nah, real talk. But my like, what I'm saying is like. It's not going to happen immediately. It's Like you said, no. your timing and God's timing ain't going to be the same a lot of the time. So it's like you got to continue. Like imagine if we said, you know what, man, this ain't going how we want to do it. This podcast thing ain't in. Ain't no money in it. Yeah, quit. quit. I would have quit. And we didn't even get in it for money. It just came with it. Exactly. As the growth came, people came to us. We didn't even go looking for people. People came to us. We was like, oh, damn, let's get it then. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where... 
if you put in the work, man, the work pays. The work pays. The work just pays, man. And, and honestly, just people don't stay in the game long enough. People like to have safety nets, man. You can't blame them for that. I had a safety net, right? I mean, I wanted to be able to go to wherever it was that I was going, write my job, and understand that even if I did a bad job, I was still going to get paid. <laughs> like I mean, it. it's just that's just the honest truth, right? And um, some people like that, um, and or, or some people feel like they can't get out of that. Mm-hmm. But it's really just in the mindset, you know? Um, and, and, I mean, if you just stick to it, and it's something that you truly love, you're going to keep doing it, keep doing it. You guys could have quit, obviously, a long, exactly. time, ago. A long time ago. Um, but look look at y'all now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's and I'll, Go ahead, D. No, you go ahead. I was going to ask you, when it comes to deals, like, are you going after, like, intentionally going after bigger deals or it's just, like, whatever we could get? So, um, so it's funny because, you know, my acquisition agents are like, hey, you know, this deal is going to be, like, 5000 or whatever. Do we do those types of deals? These are obviously for people that come on new to the company that we hire. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we don't turn no money down. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll take a $3,000 deal, you know? So, yeah, we we go after anything and everything. Now what I'm trying to really um, go after is more creative opportunities, so opportunities to where they have no equity, um, to where we can possibly give a creative uh, type of solution, like taking Mm -hmm. their property over subject to, um, or maybe doing some type of lease option or something like that. So, um, you know, now I'm trying to look for those because you're able to acquire real estate um, with little to no money down, and also the debt and the risk is still in their name. Mm. So uh, can you go ahead and break the wholesale team down? Because every time I talk to, like, big wholesalers, <laughs> it's always, I got my acquisitions guy, I got yeah, this, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. and this, right. Like, who, can you just give out gotcha. all the titles? Yeah, who are these sure. people? So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically you have, um, I guess you can say a lead manager. So a lead manager is somebody that manages your leads and follows up with everybody. I like to call them a piranha. So basically mm-hmm. what they do is they just like their bottom feeders. They just reheat things up and make sure, you know, give follow up and they're vigorous and basically following up with people and requalifying and making sure that they're an actual person that, um, you know, could receive a, a wholesale offer. The biggest mistake that, pe- you know, students make is that they spend time talking to people that aren't really going to be, a, a, I guess you can say, a potential homeowner or a seller to, to do what you're trying to do. Um, so we have our lead managers. Then we have our what's called our acquisition agents. So these are the closers. These are people that basically uh, take that rapport, build more rapport, run through the comparables, uh, run through, di- through the d- due diligence, and um, they basically send the contracts out and lock up the property. And then we have what's called our disposition agent mm-hmm. or disposition team, which they dispose of the property. So their, their job is to um, sell the property to the investor. Um, we usually have what's called a transaction coordinator, uh, which is somebody that facilitates the whole um, A to B process between the homeowner, the title company, okay. and us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we typically have, like, VAs, virtual assistants that help us with, like, uh, you know, minuscule tasks. Mm, okay. List that's... pulling, skip tracing, uh, admin work. Do so, so somebody that's starting out on the ground level, is it important for them to have all those things? No, okay. no, for sure not. Um, you know, starting out on the ground level, what you first need to do is you just need to go around – what I tell people is you need to find out whether your market is even a sustainable uh, real estate market for you to actually start investing in. Um, you know, you could be somewhere in the U.S. to where investors aren't really buying properties there or flipping properties. And, the, the, you know, the worst thing you want to do is waste time, right? Waste time, right. So, you know, I, what we first tell people to do is, uh, you know, do market research. So we have, you know, strategies that we show people on how to do market research based on cash transactions and looking up cash buyers in the area. 
And uh, from there on, I like to do, you know, reverse engineering. You know, we go to these investors, we find these investors, we ask them, hey, Xavier, you know, what are you looking to buy? How many, you know, how many acquisitions have you done? What are you looking to make on these properties? And how are you looking to purchase and what areas? And then I just literally start marketing to that target that you just told me, that filter. Mm. Once I find a property, I up the price a little bit, make sure it works out for you, works out for me. And that's basically the deal. Mm. Mm-hmm. And how do you... I got to ask you this as a wholesaler. How do you deal with those people that you're talking to on the phone? Well, they like mother, like cussing yeah, you out, calling, exactly. you, calling you every name but a son of God. Like, how do you deal with those people? Um, it's, it's hard, man. It is hard, um, you know, because it's a day-to-day thing. So we do text blasting. We do what's called ringless voicemail, um, which is just dropping voicemails to people. So people will call back. And, I mean, I've had people say a lot of disgusting <laughs> things. But, you know, what I understand is, like, they're probably getting bombarded with a bunch of other calls, a bunch of other text messages, and they're just not my customer avatar. You know, um, I say this all the time: not everybody's going to like you, right? So not everybody's going to be a potential homeowner for you to wholesale. Right. So I, you know, we just move on. I just tell the guys, listen, it, it is what it is. You know, at the end of the day, we're looking for that one or two um, deals for that week for th- for that person to say yes. That's all we're looking for. So, do you think there's a such thing as a market being? Oversaturated with wholesalers, or do you think it's possible for anyone to be successful? I think it's possible. What I like to tell people is that, you know, people say, hey, well, Brandon, how do I compete with you in Orlando, right? If you're sending out 20,000 mailers or doing this and doing that, I say, what you can still compete. The reason why is because the homeowner might resonate with you over Mm -hmm. us, right? So even though we got to you first, right, let's say you did get to them right at the same time or maybe a little bit after us while we're negotiating, if they like Xavier over, you know, over me, they still going to have, you know, they're still going to take his offer because traditionally the numbers are the same. Like Mm -hmm. I can, if he knows how to do his due diligence, we can only offer around the same range, right? So it's more so how you package it. And that's Mm -hmm. what we talk about, believe, like, and trust. If you can get that homeowner to really resonate with you and really say, hey, you know what, this guy really wants to help me. They're going to go with you. Mm-hmm. They're not going to say, you know what, I want to go with this big company, right? Or, you know, and that's why we use, you know, two different methods. Sometimes we'll, we'll strategize and say that we're a big investment firm. Sometimes we'll say we're a local company and it's me and my wife, you know, and our lovely dog that are buying properties <laughs> in the area, right? Because that's just what it is. Yeah. So it's just about trial and error. And that's what I always tell people, like, you know, you just got to go out there and try different things or get a mentor. I mean, the mentor is obviously going to help you. Save time, save money, and it's going to get your results quicker. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Do you uh, partner with realtors frequently? Um, so I'm a realtor in Orlando, but yeah, I mean, if it's a uh, on oh, Florida, but if it's a you know if it's something out of state, yeah, of course we we partner with them. Number one for the MLS, and number two is just a sphere mm-hmm. of networking. You know, you you never know what somebody can help you out with. So, um, yeah, I, I think partnering with with any and everybody is really good. You know, as long as they're high vibrant ed- energy. You know, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, realtors are very important. Um, because even on the on the back end, they can give you properties. I've had realtors that you know have given me foreclosed properties or list pendants properties, and uh, we end up making huge fees on them just from building a relationship. Because they might know somebody that you know, hey, I can't list this property. Right. Um, you know, it's not going to stay on the market. It's not going to sell. Can you help them out? And of course, mm-hmm. we can. Mm. What's the what's within business? Because I like I like to ask entrepreneurs this as well. Within business, what is the biggest loss you you've had, and how did you bounce back from it? Um, the biggest loss that I had, um, I, I, I mean, you want me to say like a monetary? No, loss? no, just like it could be an experience from a deal that went wrong. Yeah. So, like all right. So the biggest loss, it wasn't like a huge loss, but it was definitely a bummer. Um, 
basically it was this lady, um, Miss Taylor. I won't say her first name, but Miss Taylor. Uh, <laughs> you remember? You yeah, know I, I remember exactly the property. So, anyways, Miss Taylor and um, and her sister. I guess her her parents died, um, and she inherited the home. So we was working with her for about two to three months on getting her the right offer, you know, making sure that she knew all this stuff going on and whatever the case may be. And once we went under contract, it was going to be, um, I think it was going to be like a sixty or $70,000 assignment fee. And we were probably like a, maybe two or three weeks away. Like she was about to start the probate process and do all this stuff. Um, we had a little paperwork or whatever. And then we get what's called a basically a memorandum, basically stating that, she had a sister that said that she basically never told her about the property and was just trying to take the property away from, from her. So the, basically the sister put a lien on the property, and ever since then they, they were fighting over the house. So then we were trying to negotiate between the sister and the other sister. For, so for a whole year we were trying to make it work, uh, give them more money, and then um, we kept trying to follow up, follow up, follow up. After like I think three or four months, they hashed it out, and somebody else bought it and made all the money on it. Wow. So, Damn. yeah, even though, Damn I mean, it, yeah, we, and I spent money with attorney with, you know, time and I mean, it was harsh, you know, um, it, it's just, it's just, it's just the business, you know, mm-hmm. but then, you know, the next, the next month you can come back and have a six figure month. So exactly. that's, that's the good thing about it. You can be down today, but you can be up tomorrow for sure. Mm-hmm. That's, and that, that's life. That is life. That's how life. You just got to be able to stick through that pain. Yeah, that's expensive that's life. pain. Life, that's a fact. Like <laughs> that's, that's life. You could be down, especially with tech, with the with the advancement of technology. Like I want to tell somebody this that's listening that may be in a bad position. Like tech is so crazy right now. You could be down right now. You mm-hmm. could have two hundred dollars to your name if you could figure out something yeah. and do the right things. You could be up. 20,000 within the next month. Like, that's how crazy, like, yeah. how many abundance of opportunities is out here. You, you could literally be a six-figure earner in two months. <laughs> no, facts. It, with, with this day and age, no, I facts. mean, with, with crypto, with this, with that, I mean, you can literally go from having nothing to just being a six-figure earner. You got to, but you got, but like you said, though, you got to um, stay down and keep, it's like that picture. I'm pretty sure y'all both seen that picture with the guy. Um, with the uh, with the hammer, hammer oh, yeah. into the diamonds, oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he like he he gets super super close, and then he just like damn, he yeah. turned, he not not even realizing that the he about five knocks away from yeah. being at the he's diamonds. right there, yeah. he's right there. But that's going back to what we were talking about. Your timing and God's timing is yes. different, man, and and you just got to stick around and see. You know, um, it's just, it's just crazy how that goes. But yeah, people, you just got to stay stay in the game stay long the enough game. to see a return, man. That's really mm-hmm. how it is. But it's there, but at the same time though, to play devil's advocate a little bit. Is there such thing as staying with something too long? Oh yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, you can't like if if you've been rapping for t- for ten years and it ain't hit. Yeah, man, you, yeah, it it's time to give it up. But you know, it, it's one of those things, man. Where uh, I think that people don't adjust; they don't learn from their mistakes. You know, when you're in business, you got to really understand. Okay, what did I do wrong? Um, and let me change that. Mm-hmm. Really fast, right? Yep. Like we always talk about, you know, hire fast, uh, fire. fire. I mean, fi- my bad. Yeah, you got yeah. it. So fire fast, hire slow, right? Mm-hmm. If something isn't working, you just gotta you gotta let it go, and you yeah. gotta try to try to find another way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Fab said this one time, one of his songs. You know, his plan B is another way to make his plan A work. Yeah. So you know, you just gotta find different ways on how to make that work. The thing is, people don't leverage their time and their opportunities. Um, 
you know, there's there's people that go home and just watch Netflix and Squid Game and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. um, and they're just not working on their own business. You know, right. I, I met somebody the other the other day a couple weeks ago. They do copywriting, so all they do is send emails, mm-hmm. and um, she charges ten thousand dollars for just that service. So if she's if she's doing that, you know, just to five people, man, she's she's made fifty thousand dollars. I mean, it's insane. That's crazy. You know, if you literally learn how to solve a big problem, you'll never go broke. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they out here. It's abundance of problems. Oh man, yeah. There's abundance of problems. Mm-hmm. There's, a, I mean, and that's why I mean, look at Rick Ross. Look at, I mean, you know, Wingstop, right? Shaq and his car washes. I mean, everybody could wash their car, but we don't want to, right? So mm-hmm. we go somewhere and get it washed. Mm-hmm. And that's that small problem, right? Over over a bunch of of transactions can make you a lot of money. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you, you got people on social media, the social media managers. They mm-hmm. post and write your caption and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> hey, For people that's like us, that's content. Hey, yeah. That's content. Hey. Somebody, uh, I was kicking over my uh, friend yesterday. She was telling me she she paying someone, I think he said, five or six K a month for that. Mm-hmm. And that's just with her. So imagine how many other clients this company yeah. has. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, or uh, a stylist. Yeah. I mean, somebody to dress you, or just pick up your clothes. Oh hey, uh, yeah, come on, man. At this point, at Owned this day and age, <laughs> in this day and age, you know, you got it. You've really got, you know. There's a lot of ways on how to make money. You just got to find gotta that find. way, and you got to have a purpose behind it. You yeah. know, because with that purpose, it's gonna make you not want to quit. Mm. That's why yeah. I tell people you got to do something that you love because if not, you are gonna quit. Mm-hmm. You are gonna quit. I mean, I, I like real estate, and I, I mean, I still do like it a lot, but. I didn't quit because I actually liked it and I felt like I was good at it. When you're good at something, you're going you're gonna to do it for free. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So real estate, I mean, volunteering at the hospital, I was doing it for free because I really liked it. Um, and so I didn't like it no more than I'm like, all right, they got they have to pay me, right? But <laughs> real estate was the same way, but except it was a high income earning skill. Right. So, you know, if you find something that's going to pay you a lot of money in a short amount of time, you know, you're, you're going to get wealthy. I think the biggest thing with your story is you may have a couple of different trials and errors going through different things and whatnot, but at some point you're gonna find that thing. People right. people are scared to restart their life. I don't know why. It's the it's the worrying about what other people are gonna think about that. Yeah. You know, that's that's where really, that's really I really mean really I get it. You know, I talk to people, hey man, I got three kids, I'm married, I you know, I, I can't I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm. My my grandma raised six kids, and you know she's an immigrant from Colombia. Like and like you know, there's always somebody with a more messed up story, bro. Yep. Mm-hmm. Somebody's been you know somebody's been through something worse than you. You know, hey, I'm a single mother, and I do this, that, and the third, and I can't, I don't have the time. There's people that were doing this before you. That's you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. No, nah, but like even look at the. Um, I'm pretty sure you heard about the um, the story that just came out with the 18 NBA players that got caught up with oh, yeah, fraud. That's, that's crazy, but. Like, it, I think that comes down to, like you said, people don't want, they were they're afraid to change their lifestyle. Because obviously they probably had to do that because they was, they're not in the league no more. Those checks not coming no more. Mm-hmm. So they already got this lifestyle that they used to that they're trying to maintain. Whereas, like, if you just like, man, I don't care what other people think. The money not coming in no more. I need to make a pivot and do something else. They might have not even been in that situation to begin with. So... Like you can't, you can't really care what people think. Yeah, you can't go broke trying to impress people that nah. that that you you know you really don't know like that because yeah. that that happens all the time. I think we see that often, especially yeah. with celebrities. You know, you see that, it all the time. Yeah, they're always trying to keep up with the lifestyle, and and you know you can get trapped. You know, um, with this quote unquote imposter syndrome. So, 
I, I, like I said, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you got to look at your legacy, look at your mm-hmm. book, stay in your lane and understand that um, material things don't make you, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's more about the value and the impact that you provide. Um, I, I always tell people, man, I, I wear drip. I do this stuff for y'all. Like, mm-hmm. because if not, y'all wouldn't listen to me. You know what I'm saying? We but talk the, about that all the time. Yeah, but at the end of the day, if it was up to me, you wouldn't even care. I wouldn't even care, man. You know what I'm saying? Because at, at the end of the day, it's just one of those things where I know what my value, my worth is, and mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of people don't know what what, the, what their value or worth is. You know, um, you have to basically ask yourself this: What will you allow to determine your value or worth? Mm-hmm. And if you're basically like, hey, you know what? I don't need to have Gucci, Louis, or whatever to determine that I am a a high income value man, right? Or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. I don't need to have a Louis Vuitton bag to say that I'm a high value income earning woman. Then you nothing will ever phase nothing you. Phase. Nothing true. will ever phase you. You know, you could still be that guy in the club, you know, getting getting to the bag, not in a section. It's you know, you could be ducked mm-hmm. off. Facts. You know, and everybody can know who you are, but you don't gotta you don't gotta yeah. be that sh- so it's just one of those things, man, if you find inner peace, really find your purpose and understand who and what you're doing it for and what you allow mm-hmm. to determine your value, you're going to be good. You're going to be grounded. You're going to be poised. That's one of the biggest things is that people, they don't delay gratification, no, man. They don't. That's, no, I mean, social media, like, to be honest, if you think about it, a lot of people have much more, they would be much more in a much better financial status if it wasn't for social media. Because <laughs> there's so many people. It's like, social media has been an amazing help. It's been amazing, like, changing lives. You can communicate with people all over the world. It's the dopest thing. I love it. Yeah. But I know there's a lot of people that spend their last dollar yeah. to look like this a certain way yeah. on the internet so uh-huh. certain people could think a certain way about them. And No, I mean, and it's, and it's one of those things, right? So going back to that. People tell me all the time, especially my friends, oh, Brandon, you know, you're not, you're an Instagram star, you're, you're a social <laughs> media star. Because before I became uh, a realtor, I didn't have no Facebook, no right. Instagram. Um, but I told them, I said, listen, bro, but there's a difference, man. Like, I'm making money off social media. Exactly. You over there watching people make money off social media, <laughs> right? If you're spending your time, right, on something that's not contributing to you as far as, you know, your pockets or your family or whatever the case may be, you're wasting time. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, like when I buy something, you know, uh, some glasses or some whatever the case, some some shoes or whatever, this is number one, it's a write-off. But number two, this is marketing, you yep. know, because at the end of the day, this is what people want to see. And it, and it goes back to watches. I know we were talking about that earlier. Yep. For example, the Cartier, right? Like the watch now is going down. You mm-hmm. know, they're getting lower and lower. But like during the midst of, of the pandemic, because of a lot of the... The uh, rappers, rappers yep. wearing it and buying it. it was going I up. mean, it was going up. So the watch traditionally is seventy five hundred bucks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Once you put the diamonds on or whatever, maybe the perceived value can be let's just say fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars. They were selling them for twenty four, twenty five thousand dollars. And now we're seeing that watch come down in value. The same watches I, I just seen jewelers now posting it for seventeen thousand. Why? Because the supply and demand isn't there. But mm-hmm. it's really just the culture. It's just the culture thing. Mm-hmm. She got one on right now. It's the small one. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I got the plain Jane. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. But see, you, yeah, you plain Jane <laughs> out. Plain so you, yeah. No, so. no, nah, nah, you're right though. And speaking of watches, like um, we're gonna have an episode real, real soon, specific, talking specifically about watches, about how they could be investments and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. a lot of people they unaware of that. So now I feel like that's important. We talk about alternative investing. That's imp- that's another important topic to talk about, especially right now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you can flip anything. You can flip anything. You can flip anything, yeah. man. Yeah. There's nothing that you can't flip. I'm pretty sure that there's something 
out there that somebody else wants to buy. Mm-hmm. You just no got to find that person. You just got to find out for how much they're willing to buy it for. And the better mm-hmm. thing is that if it's an emotional buy, they want oh, to pay in. for it. Oh, yeah. they, and they, they willing to, to pay, pay anything for it. For yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't see... You don't see people hit them stimmies, man, at, at Dior. <laughs> oh, no. What? Man. And Dior knows, like, because the prices are going <laughs> up. Like, yeah. crazy. Prices are going up, man. I mean, so they know. They're Maybe. not. I mean, it's happening with Rolex. Rolex. Louis. So, prices going up. Everything. Yeah. So they know what's going on, and they hold out. And, and honestly, you know, to be real transparent with you guys, it's re- it, like, it's our people. Mm. You know, even in Orlando, I shot a video. It's on YouTube, and... I just see a bunch of minorities in line for Gucci mm-hmm. for Louis Vuitton. And I'm like, man, I hope that David, I hope that they're pay, something else is paying this off. You yeah. know, so I, I feel like it's one of those things that we have to do better and really, you know, fi- be financially right, literate yeah. and understand that, you know, uh, you can make, I mean, I know somebody that buys, you know, designer clothes and they actually uh, wholesale it and rent out their designer clothes. That's, that's a dope business model, renting yeah. it out. You know what I'm saying? As long as you're taking it to the cleaners, keeping it clean, you're good. Exactly. Because yeah. somebody just might want to wear that outfit for one day. Exactly. Because, mm-hmm. you know, once you wear one outfit on, Insta- on Instagram, oh, yeah, you, can't, you can't wear it again. You can't wear it. That's why it's so costly. You can't costly. wear that no more, bro. I can't wear this, this uh, Comer de Garçon shirt no more. No like, more. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. He's broke, man. He don't, get, he he, don't got it. He no, don't got don't it. Got another one. <laughs> no, I'm not to wear it again. But, no, no, this is a new one. Exactly. I bought 30 of these. No, nah, that's real, man. No, nah, that's real, man. We, it, what's up? I got one final question. Okay. Um, so I think it would be dope if we start doing like a little keepsake for our guests because I know everybody's growing, doing amazing things. And at some point, we're going to have you back on the show. For so sure. for us, can you let us know either what the end goal is or where you plan to be within the next five to 10 years? So when you run it back, yeah, we for got sure. This right here. Um, in the next five to 10 years, uh, number one is I, I really want to buy my mom and grandma's house separately each. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to have at least five sustainable businesses that are that are producing um, six figures. So I got right now three. Um, Dope. Yeah, so I'm happy about that. So obviously keeping them up and, and making some more. And um, I, I honestly want to say I just want to be uh, – I just want to have a bigger impact um, on people. You know, it when it comes down to social media, it's one of those things. Going back to what we were talking about, it's, it's also difficult. You know, you, you – pay people to shoot you, you know, as far as content, you come up with the scripts, you come up with all this stuff, and then you get 200 likes. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where it doesn't really matter because um, there's somebody out there that's going to resonate. The mm-hmm. same way with you guys, right? You guys mm-hmm. might have had how many listeners in the beginning, right? To start, start out with 20. <laughs> yeah. And you'd be excited but, about but that. You, but at the end of the day, there's probably somebody that's like, man, that whole thing really changed my life. Yep. So I just want to be able to impact people on a bigger stage, bigger platform, and really, you know, be a true testament that entrepreneurship is for anybody, and it doesn't matter where or you know how you grew up, um, that, you, that you can make it work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those those are my uh, those are my bucket list, and um, I do last one. I do want to travel more, so I get anxiety on planes. Mm-hmm. So that's why I haven't been to Europe yet. Okay. But I do, I, you know, I do in the next five to ten years. I want to do like a Europe tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, that's basically what mm. I would say my keepsake is right uh, now. Well, well, I want to touch on one thing real quick because this is something that you said. I think this is really important that people need to understand when you talked about Instagram and likes and may, people may not be getting as many likes as they want. People got to understand that when social media is not about likes, it's about eyes. Because mm. everybody that see it, they not double tapping mm. it. But you need to understand as long as they seeing it, 
that's all you need. They yeah. need to see the shit because so, they can't they can't buy a product or do whatever if they're not seeing it. So as long as they seeing it, you good. That's what you need to be worried about. Forget the likes, all that stuff. Is they seeing your stuff? If yeah. they seeing it, you could convert them to whatever you're trying to do. It's it's not about likes. It's about eyes. How many people are seeing your shit? And not only that, it just ain't popular yet. It's not popular for for them to to, to like your to stuff. To like it mm-hmm. exactly because once you lit, everybody love you. <laughs> no facts. Right, that's, I mean, it, it just it right. is. So you just ain't popular enough yet for people to support to you. Support it, yeah. but I mean, it's just one of those things where you got to keep chipping away at it. Yeah. And like I say, you know, likes, you um, just keep you, doing it anyway. yeah, impact over popularity all the time, exactly. man. Because it's one of those things that um, it'll it'll get to you, it'll man. Get, social media, social media will get to you for sure. Hey, we, the, mm-hmm. You got to keep po- like that's why you got to keep posting though. Whether it's you starting off because we all start off with zero followers. So you, know, you start on five. If you get five twenty likes on your stuff. Forget it. Don't be. Don't let that get to your head and say, "Man, I don't feel like nobody." Keep posting. Keep just keep going. Just keep, keep going. doing it regardless. Yeah, yeah. Document That's just part of the game. Document it. Document it. Yeah, and I and I love that piece of it too because I can go back now and see two, three years ago progress. and say, "Oh my God, look at the growth yeah. that yeah. I've had." Um, so documenting your journey is very, yeah. very important. And even though you might think that you're not, um, uh, you know, helping somebody out, you really are. Another tagline I use is that I I aspire to inspire. So, you know, my, my, my aspiration is to keep inspiring people. And like I said, it might not get the most views, the most likes, but I know that people, they message me all the time like, hey, man, you changed my life. Hey, man, you helped me close a deal or hey, this, that, and the third. Um, and I know that there's people out there that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be able to help. So yep. that's what keeps me driving. Mm, I love it, man. We gonna uh, wrap before we wrap up. I just wanna say, man, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to fly out here and get this done, sure. man. This was a this was amazing. I'm super glad we got to get it done. But before we let you go, do you mind then plugging all your stuff where people can find you, follow you, become a student of yours, everything for sure. Plug that, yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Blue Notes Brandon on YouTube at Blue Notes Brandon as well. Um, I believe TikTok is the same at Blue Notes Brandon. Uh, we do have a uh, basically a coaching program right now. It's called the Major Framework, but you can go to bluenotesbrandon.com uh, to basically be able to get um, you know all the, all the resources, all the stuff that I use, um, as well as if you want to apply to uh, you know to the coaching program, you can. And uh, yeah, we look forward to working with anybody um, that's just looking to change their life. Um, I love it. This is all what it's about. I love it, man. Indeed. Before we close out, what's your info where people can find and follow you? And you can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent, Twitter Deanna S. Kent, and you can find me on YouTube at Lessons in Life and Luxury. And make sure you guys go ahead and cop Xavier's guys. <laughs> you, I always yeah. forget. I always forget. This episode is also sponsored by my official crypto guide. It's at www.god2crypto.com. In this guide, I go over all things you need to get started with your first investment of crypto. I go over... Uh, 13 coins that I think are good holds long term. I go over about taxes, platforms, like everything you need to get started and make your first crypto purchase. You get that again at God2Crypto.com. And you guys can also find me on all platforms at Xavier C. Miller. That's on TikTok, IG, Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. So please hit that uh, follow button on all those things. That's all we got for y'all on this episode of Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Peace. You gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.